Hey, friends, and welcome to episode 160 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire better work, life, and balance. I'm your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick, and today's episode is all about flexibility. And when I say flexibility, I don't mean touching your toes or doing backbends. I'm talking about the flexibility that comes with having a plan, but being ready to pivot when life throws curveballs your way. You know, the ability to roll with the punches while still finding peace in our day-to-day lives. One thing I learned from today's guest, Neely Fisher, is that sometimes flexibility is one of the best tools we can have in our time management toolbox. And if the thought of flexibility and changing your plans makes you feel itchy, I totally feel you. A lot of us struggle with change, me included. And that's why I love talking with Neely about ways to introduce flexibility, bending without breaking, into my time management strategy. So let me introduce you to Neely. Neely Fisher is a lifestyle expert and founder of The Flexible Chef and The Flexible Life. She's always full of ideas for your lifestyle, families, your home, and etc. that can help people in their daily lives to make life less chaotic, more organized, and more flexible. She provides a simpler recipe for success, both in and out of the kitchen. Neely is the go-to person for organizing our lives and helping us create a flexible lifestyle. Her best-selling book, Food You Want for the Life You Crave, provides readers with adaptable and easy-to-make healthy recipes, including ingredients and flavors from around the world, while also revealing Neely's secrets on how to live your most fulfilled life. Recently, she launched a digital series, The Flexible Life, showing how she can transform people's lives. Her website, The Flexible Chef, is the best place to find tasty recipes, valuable advice, and a healthy environment to help you live a fabulous, flexible life. In today's conversation with Neely, she shares a very valuable lesson she learned about productivity. She talks about how flexibility can be your greatest time management asset. You'll hear about how to plan for pivots in your day-to-day life and her tips for using flexibility to live life with purpose and passion. And I know you've got a lot on your plate and you're juggling a pretty long to-do list and you might be listening to this episode while running errands, folding laundry, or doing stuff around the house, which means you might not be able to jot down notes easily when Neely says something you want to remember. But don't worry, I've taken notes so you don't have to. You can find all the productivity tools and resources mentioned in this episode over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 160. And finally, I want to thank you again for tuning in and being a fan. And if you haven't yet, I invite you to click the subscribe button to be notified as soon as new episodes go live. And if you like what you hear, I'd be so grateful for your review. And with that, it's about time we get started. So let's get this show on the road. 
You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. You know that feeling when your tasks are all over the place? Some are on a to-do list, some are buried in emails that you need to take care of, and maybe some are over in a project management tool. Meetings in your calendar, messages in Slack, those 37 sticky notes spread all over your desk. It can be really overwhelming. And even as a time management coach, I'm not immune to the overwhelm. That's why I've started planning my days with Sunsama. Sunsama pulls in all of my tasks from everywhere into one place, helps me estimate how long things will take, and then time block them into my day so there's room for the most important things. Plus, I love that it encourages me to do my startup and shutdown routines. If you're feeling all over the place and your to-do list is never done, try Sunsama. It's free to test drive so you can plan sustainable work days, prevent burnout, and start being more productive with a purpose. Head over to abouttimepodcast.com forward slash Sunsama, and I'll be sure to link Sunsama so you can check it out in the show notes. Hi, Neely, and welcome to It's About Time. I am so delighted to be spending time with you today. How are you doing? I'm amazing. This is very exciting for me, too. We've been looking forward to this for a long time. I know. I know. I, Neely, is, I've been looking forward to chatting with you. We had um, a scheduling mishap next last time, which, of course, happens to the best of us from time to time. And you know what? We roll with it. We find a new date, and we make it happen. And you were enormously kind and flexible and generous and not judgy. And this is a good lesson for all of us. You know, stuff happens and it's always good to just be loving and kind and it always comes back at you. So I couldn't wait for our rescheduled conversation. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much. Um, Neely, for those of you who haven't met you yet, can you tell us how you spend your time these days? Of course. Um, well, I, I have four children, which is my most important way I spend my time. Two of them, one of them is very out of the house. One of them is half out of the house and two of them are very much in the house. Um, so I wake up early to get some me time before I wake my son up at 6am. So I've got like a little bit of me time before I start my day, um, in a meditation yoga practice that I've been practicing for many years. Um, in and out of parenting, I would say. My youngest is 10 years old. So, you know, for many years, it was very much mom was the, was the, was the main beat and everything else was sort of a hot side hustle. And now the mom part is taking a little bit less of a main beat seat. And I can sort of come in and out of parenting because my kids have been raised pretty independently. So I have until around four o'clock till my kids get home. And that's when I balance my time between managing my home, like other than managing the kids, there's, we've got multiple places that we live. So there's always something. We've got a place in Montana that I'm managing and I'm in Israel right now and we're always on the road. So there's a bit of home management. Um, I entertain a lot. So at least once a week we entertain. So I'm 
kind of dabbling in and out of menu planning and organizing and and maintaining my home on that level. Um, and then I run the Flexible Chef brand, and that entails all sorts of things, including keeping my blog up to date, working on my coaching program. Gosh, I'm just giving you all of it at once. Um, we, uh, I filmed a digital um, TV series that we have up on the website. So we're working on, I can't really announce it fully yet, but I'm working on some interesting new TV things. Um, I wrote a best-selling cookbook, and I'm now kind of like dreaming up what the next book might be like. I'm not in active phase. So I'm sort of in creative phase right now. You know, that time in your career where you're sort of like, there's all this stuff that's kind of ticking in the background. And then there's yeah. this space that you can give yourself for the dreaming up of what's next. So um, I would say that I'm, I'm trying to, during my day, give myself a little bit of pause to dream up what that next thing is. So the frazzled really has been a little bit more present and a little bit more, um, you know, kind of, I used to not love the word balance. We can talk about that later. But in a way, we all know what, what we mean by balance, which is like everything just feels stable and steady and good. So in a way, there's just been like a lot of more settled balance in my day to day without the frazzled, like, oh my God, and I still have more to do, but I have to go to bed. See you tomorrow. Um, so that's my little, that's my little how I spend my day. Oh my goodness. Uh, you know, it's really interesting how you mentioned that this time in your career and in your life is a little bit calmer and you're able to explore things a bit more creatively without the pressure uh, that comes from being on crazy deadlines. I'm actually reading a book right now about the phases of creativity and how to align your creativity with times of year and times of day and days of the week. And it really sounds like you're in an incubation period right now where you've done so many things. And this is a period of time where the, the slow cooker is just kind of simmering and you're just kind of seeing what happens next and you're letting all of those inputs um, kind of work their magic in the background. That's a really cool place to be. You know, it's, I think it's really hard for most of us to be in a creative place and to dream up the most exciting, imaginable, unimaginable thing that, mm -hmm. right? Because when we're so, when we're, when we're just kind of daily ticking through our tasks, especially as a mom, where you've got all these responsibilities, no matter what, it's just mm -hmm. hard to, to imagine something bigger. And you know what the truth is? When you give yourself the time for that, that downtime to imagine that something bigger, you, you feed everybody else with attention and presence in a way that you couldn't if you were, you know, just busy every five seconds. So it's been a really right. interesting time. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely uh, less of going from one thing to the next over and over and over again to kind of having that space. So you said that you have, that you live in several different places. Um, tell me, tell me about that because it, it would seem like that would require a lot of coordination <laughs> and a lot of <laughs> flexibility and adaptability. So what does that look like for you? Yeah. People are always like, where are you? Like the other day I landed in Israel and they're like, oh, did you come for the elections? And I'm like, no, I live here. <laughs> like, like, I just came for a visit. So we popped so much in and out, but uh, people are always like, where are you? So basically I, I grew up in New Jersey. That's where I'm from. Um, <laughs> but I, we raised our children in Hong Kong. I lived there for 15 years. My husband runs a business in Asia still. Um, Pre-COVID, we were sort of still back and forth. Um, four years ago, we moved to Israel, and that's where my two little ones go to school. 
My oldest is in California, so I kind of go back and forth to visit him. And we have a place in Montana. Um, so we spend three months a year in Montana. Um, I'm actually going to my apartment in Hong Kong for the first time since before COVID. Wow. I have like seen my things. Like I have a whole like life there that we're going to visit um, next uh, about in about two weeks. Um, so yeah, in terms of in terms of managing those places and spaces, I think you just have to be really organized so that everything is settled before we go to Montana. I'm like checking the list. I have a whole inventory of what's in the freezer and what's in the pantry and what do I need to order and what can come before we arrive. And I even have like an inventory of like which Lululemon, and this is going to sound so anal and hilarious, but like how many pair of Lululemon uh, leggings do I have in my closet there? Because it's like, I'll show up and be like, shoot, I don't have any yoga clothes right now. Like, so you just have to just be organized in terms of inventory because I'd like to sort of land and be like, okay, everything's smooth versus like chaos in the house. I have to reset everything up. So it's just about being prepared, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Putting in the work ahead of time so that you can enjoy more of the time once you get there. Okay. We're going to have to dive into that a little bit more, but I want to hear about uh, the flexible chef. So um, how, how did that come to be? Uh, so you've been, you've been doing this for a while. You have a best-selling cookbook. You've got all this fun TV stuff going on. Um, what does that look like for you day to day? Yeah. I mean, I started the flexible chef when I was teaching yoga in Hong Kong with this idea of infusing, um, flexibility, not only on the yoga mat, but also in the kitchen, um, that kind of evolved into the book. My day-to-day, look, it used to involve kind of like daily recipe testing, tons of daily videos. These days, it's really just, I'm putting out content on the blog. I'm working on my coaching programs. I have a one-on-one coach that you can work with me on my website that you guys can check out. Um, mostly these days, day-to-day flexible chef stuff is the reimagining of the next thing. So um, like I said, we're working on a TV project. I'm working on the next book. Um, I'm working on incorporating the, the travel idea into the whole lifestyle because I think more, especially now that we're kind of re-emerging back into the world, it's so nice yeah. to be able to think what is being flexible on the road look like and that whole intrigue. So um, yeah, that is so exciting. Well, I can't wait to see what happens next. Okay. So wait, Neely, you are a mom of four. Mama four. And as a mom of two, I just like bow down. I have no idea how, how you do it because with my two, it just feels like a lot sometimes. I will say they are also three and one, almost, almost four and almost two at this point. So they're at that stage where I am very much hands-on um, teaching those self-sufficient skills that they can use later on, but they're still very much in need of mom right now. And I love that. Don't get me wrong. Um, but you're a mom of four. You are a best-selling cookbook author. You live all over the world. Um, how exactly do you do all of that? Like, what? Tell us your secrets. What? What's in your Swiss Army knife of uh, mm. making life happen, Neely? Yeah, I mean, I think the most important part is to wake up with a purpose and passion for living. I think it has to start with that. It doesn't start with like the how-to. It starts with the with the heart. Um, I don't know. Like I get the chills thinking about this, but I'm just excited about life and I'm excited about teaching. I'm like a teacher at heart, right? I mm-hmm. Before my yoga teaching days, I was teaching spin classes at Equinox in New York City. Like I was always in like this motivation seat, right? Like I, it was always this 
passion of mine to give back somehow to the world and to the people around me. So it has to start with that. The second anything gets to be a chore, I have to pause and be like, wait, what am I doing here? Like, why am I doing this? I think for for a lot of, I mean, would you call me an influencer? I don't like that word. It's just, you know, but it's like, oh, I've influenced True, But you know, that whole world of like having to just ticket, 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 ticket. And if, if, if you're doing it in a way that doesn't feel like it's feeding you or feeding the people around you, you got to question it. So, I mean, I, I could continue on, but I think that's really the number one answer. And then the how fits in. The how is like, yeah, the scheduling. And we could talk, and we could talk about a lot of that how, because I think it is very important. You need to have the, I always talk about how it, the, the whole idea of flexibility is you can't just wing something if you don't have the backbone of organization behind it. So clearly there's a method behind the madness. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it has to start with the vision. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Neely, chills, chills over here. Like, um, we are absolutely kindred spirits when it comes to, you know, I, I always say that time management doesn't start on the pages of your planner. It starts with heart. It starts with getting to the heart of what matters most to you. Purpose is not an app you can download from the app store. Vision mm-hmm. is not a, like a planner you can pick off of a shelf. All of that stuff has to come from within. And so I'm so, so glad that you started by just being really clear with us. You know, yes, we can totally dive into the true, you know, the hows and the tangible things, but reinforcing how important that purpose is to make the how work. Mm -hmm. Um, Without that purpose, the how falls apart. So I love that. I think we also, we all have this like level of intuition that's bubbling somewhere underneath the thinking and the scheduling and the planning. And there's this little little inner voice that tells us what's most important. And it's this ability to listen every day and say, okay, wait a minute, what, what is most, what needs my attention most today? Certainly we have to tick off the urgent projects that, you know, I've got my, today I got a call from the bank, like you forgot to pay the parking ticket, your bill is suspended, blah, blah course, that's urgent because I need to use my credit card. So we deal with the urgent stuff. And then the important things, we just, we have to kind of tap in and say, okay, what is important today? Does my husband need my attention? Should I cancel my meeting because we haven't gone on date night in a month? You know, does, um, you know, have I not scheduled a, a, a team call? Have I missed our Monday team calls recently? And like, is it time for me to focus some more attention on that? Because I can sense that my team members are feeling demotivated because I haven't been present with them. Do, mm-hmm. you know, do, does my kid need me to sit down and do homework with him instead of um, the podcast interview? Just kidding. That's not why I can't support you last time. But yeah, you know, <laughs> because, because he has a test tomorrow and like, oh, shoot, I should really do that more often. Um, do I need to have a day of self-care, cancel everything and, and, you know, sit at the beach or go to the spot? Like whatever it is, really into listening to what, what requires our focus. And you can't listen if it's not quiet. You can't. Mm-hmm listen to yourself and hear that intuition if there's not a pause. And I think Mm -hmm. that so many women especially feel that if we're not doing something constantly, then we're not doing enough. But without that pause, whether it's in the morning before you start your day or in the evening before you prepare for the next day, um, it really takes that 
little bit of daily reflection in order to check in with yourself. Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDKornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, in all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules, and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you wanna know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDKornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. So here's an idea. Um, I used to be one of those people that would like go straight to my inbox in the morning and straight to my calendar and be like, drum roll, please. It's 5 a.m. And what is on my plate for today? That's three o'clock. Let me move by three o'clock to four o'clock. Let me swap to fourth. I did it, whatever. And by the way, that's also important. Check your calendar, look at your meeting. What I do in conjunction is have quiet morning time. So whatever that might mean for you, for me, it's playing, you know, my meditative playlist and getting on my yoga mat. It doesn't have to mean that for you, but, or maybe it's going on a little stroll with the dog for a walk first or something. And it's like checking in with both of those things, Mm -hmm. checking in with what's important, like we just talked about, and then checking in with the actual schedule and making a plan Mm -hmm. for your day with both of those things in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. I hope this I hope this conversation inspires more people to kind of start that start their day with that pause. So, you've started your day with the pause. You've checked in with your purpose. What are the um tools and tactics that help you do life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see. Um I like to I mean, I use a whole bunch of apps and organizational tools. I have I have multiple teams, so I've got the family team on the shared family Dropbox. So for example, my daughter's going on a, a trip to Africa with her school on this project. And we were looking for her. Uh, we needed to get her vaccines. It's like everything's filed in Dropbox. In, you know, keyword search, boom, yellow yeah. fever. Yep, she got that last year. Everything is filed. It has to be. 
Um, so I use Dropbox almost daily. Um, I use Evernote. Is that like so old? Do you use Evernote? I haven't used Evernote since my PR agency days. It's been, it's been a while. Um, but yeah, so tell us how you use Evernote. I mean, I feel like when I say that, they're like, how old are you? No, I, I like it because it's sort of like, yeah, it's sort of like notes on your phone, but I find it to be a lot more organized. Oh, yeah. And I also, I can share it with, I can share notes with people. It's almost like our running like um, idea notebooks. I find a lot of things get lost. I'm not great at filing stuff in my inbox. I supposedly should be better at it but my system is just anything important moves into Evernote so I can search for it better right um and it's almost like our it's like the sketch pad of ideas basically and um it's kind of my creative notebook um again which you can share which is awesome um you guys you know you guys don't use WhatsApp as much as we do internationally but I I use WhatsApp for so many things and I actually there's a whole system of like tagging stuff in WhatsApp and I use business WhatsApp for all sorts of other tools. So um, I find it easier to track my, all of our conversations in WhatsApp and you, there's a search function versus text messages. So like, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, we're a big fan. Um, I'm a big fan of Slack. We use Slack in mm-hmm. our business. And so I have, I have Slack with some, with my group coaching program. So it's very similar. So you can create different threads and you can tag things mm. and it's searchable. And the fact that it is searchable is huge because if there was a conversation two weeks ago about um, what to include in a weekly planning session, you can just quickly search it and Mm. find that conversation and go back to it Mm. and it's organized with threads. So Slack is sort of our, the WhatsApp that we use. And it's really funny that you Mm. mentioned that Evernote is like a sketch pad for you. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually have an Asana board because right now my tool of choice is Asana. I've used Trello in the past, love them both. I have Mm -hmm. an entire project board called scratch pad where the ideas go. Nice. I'm I'm actually writing this down just so you know, listeners, um, (laughs) if you like any of these, I literally just wrote down Slack to to like, like think about, you know, the truth is all of these things are so useful. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I've stopped, I've stopped saying, but, but negates anything else you've ever said, but I, but um, I, (laughs) I like, sometimes I've used so many of these things that it's like, wait, is it in the Google Doc or in Evernote yes. or filed in Dropbox? So I do also think the takeaway is like, which of these things serves you best and where 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 does it help you? How would, how does it become a tool and not a chore? Because mm-hmm. sometimes you end up becoming a slave. We use Trello, for example, for a long time in my team. I just like, I just felt like I ended up being a slave to Trello. So it's like, yes. okay, you know what? I know this is this is a good idea, but I feel like I just have to update it and check it all the time. I'm going to just do something that's more simple. So I think it's really whatever organizational tool serves your your productivity. Oh, I'm with you 100%. Um, and, you know, you have to know your why, your purpose, your vision before you embark on organizing your calendar. It's the same thing with these tools. You need to have a clear purpose for the tool um, mm-hmm. before you can decide if it works for you or not. I find mm-hmm. that so often people will try a tool for a little while. They'll try Trello and they'll say, oh no, Trello doesn't work for me. Let me move over to a different tool. Let me try Asana. So then they'll move everything over to Asana, waste all this time. 
And then a few months later, Asana is not really working for me. What do you use? Let me move over to ClickUp. And so they end up bouncing from system to system, blaming it on the system and the and not the fact that there's not a clear purpose and a process in place for using the tool. That's what's so, so important. Um, it's almost as if in a company, most companies have a communication standards guide. We use Slack for this type of communication. We use email for this type of communication. You have to be so clear about the purpose to make sure that everyone's on the same page, whether that everyone is your coworkers or it's your family. I'm going to add something interesting that I do. And I'm going to like, you guys are going to think I'm so old and so like not sophisticated by sharing this idea. Um, I'm not that old. I'm 45, but like, I still think I'm 22. So whatever age is just a yeah. number. And but I, I do a lot of menu planning and I know a lot of women out there are always asking me like, what's your favorite way? Like, how do you organize your menus? And you're this and that. I'm going to give you my old school technique for doing this because it just works for me. I've done everything. I have a Word document on my laptop. I type it out so it looks like organized and pretty with bullet points and what I have to do and shopping lists and all the kind of stuff. I've tried like every other app for it. Sometimes it'll be in an Evernote, by the way, so I can still search for my menus or sometimes I'll just organize. I have a whole menu in Dropbox where I can save all my menus. Thanksgiving 1999. Ooh, I'm pulling out an oldie recipe or whatever. And then I, I actually, are you ready for this? I print it out like with an actual paper and I keep it in the kitchen because then everyone in the family can reference it. Sometimes there's tasks for certain people like, you know, um, Seth is my husband or like, you know, Wednesday might be like Seth collect, you know, gluten-free bakery or whatever. And like everyone can kind of see it. It's on here. Again, so silly, but like sometimes the old school thing actually works. Sometimes if that's it's only on my computer, I would, yeah, that's genius. No, that's genius. You know, I am a huge believer that whenever you have a plan like that, especially a meal plan, it needs to actually be visible to the rest of your family um, for several reasons. First of all, it's a communication tool. It cuts down the back and forth of mom, what's for dinner tonight? What are we doing for dinner? What's, what are we doing for dinner tomorrow? Because it's posted. Second of all, the fact that you have it noted when certain people have certain jobs, you mm -hmm. are making it so that you are not the sole 100% person that is involved with every step of meal planning. You are delegating. And that's amazing. Oh, yeah. Delegating, delegating all day long. Absolutely. I also have, by the way, I'll have to share this with you guys. Sometimes I post it on my Instagram. Um, we we have a, uh, this like, whatever, this like dead space in the kitchen where we've got this, it's hard to explain. It's basically like a, a black glass thing. Big, oh gosh, you, get, you guys can't see me right now. Whatever, just like a big glass, almost like a, it could be like a big framed picture or whatever. Okay. And I use it as a bulletin board. So I have a white, um, like a chalkboard pen and I post menus for the day. Sometimes I don't do it during the week, but every weekend it's like Friday night dinner menu, everybody. And it's a kind of a fun thing, right? Your guests can see like what's on the menu. And, and that's a good way for your kids to not be like, what's for dinner? It's like, I posted it this morning. You can anticipate you know, what's for dinner. That's amazing. It's like, it's the menu command center. So everyone can see it. Everyone can reference it. That's fan. I love that. That's, and that's so simple. And it's, 
it takes a little bit of that load off of you. You know, so often as women, especially when it comes to caring for our homes, caring for our families, um, we can have this false belief that we have to do everything, that we have to be the ones doing every bit of the meal prep, that we have to be the ones folding the laundry and ironing or whatever it is, or else we're not a good mom or we're not a good wife. Um, We're not doing as much as we could be. Uh, You believe in delegating. And how have you ever struggled with delegating? Uh, Yeah. Okay, t- tell me about this. How how look, can we get over this? Look, the struggle, I I was that person that did everything because I did it perfectly. Mm. So if I did it, it would come out the way I wanted, right? I mean, you hear my mocking my own self and my voice here. That leaves you depleted, exhausted, and angry at the world for all of the work that you're doing. And so I, you know... It, it, Gosh, I'm trying to give you a good example, but doing it all on your own is such a fallacy and you really just end up at the end of the day exhausted. The risk, I think, for recovering perfectionists like me is that when you delegate your 10-year-old to, I don't know, pack his own suitcase, for example, is that his stuff won't be packed in the exact way. Like I like to roll the t-shirts so that they don't get wrinkled and maximize the space, right? And so I know if I do it my way, everything will be found and everything will be great, right? And But sometimes you need to ask them for help and you need to be okay with the fact that it might be 80%, not 110%. But what you've actually saved is your sanity. You've also taught people around you the tools. You're, you're, you're giving them, you're teaching them how to fish and not just, just plopping salmon on their plate. And you're... And, and you're also like, you're also role modeling this idea that, that everyone else around you can, t- can lean on everybody else for the support that they need. Yes. Yes. Uh, teaching them to fish instead of plopping the salmon down on their plate. You know, that is something that we can do with our kids at any age. I mean, my youngest, my oldest Millie is three right now. And her first day of school this past fall, we had a little chore chart ready to go for her and she started making her bed every day. So Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure some people might think, oh my gosh, that's crazy. You have your three-year-old making her own bed? Yeah. Does it look perfect every day? No, but she's learning how to do it. And it's something that she can feel proud of because that's something else that you're giving them. You're giving them confidence that they can figure something out, that you trust them with something. And that's, that's so cool. I think to begin at an early age, and it's not just kids, it's, it's team members, it's employees, it's friends. Whenever you give people the opportunity to, to do something, that's, that's not just burdening them. It's giving them a a gift of being able to, um, either learn something new or serve or just it, it really can have so many different um, impacts beyond this idea that we're just burdening people by asking for help. Totally. Speaking of teaching your kids skills, I've had my kids in the kitchen from a very early age. When my son comes downstairs and makes himself breakfast and actually comes up with ideas, he doesn't just like regurgitate the scrambled eggs. Like he, he taught me how to make this cheesy egg where he melts the cheese at the bottom of it and the egg goes on top and then you got this crispy bottom. I think we put it on our, one of the reels one time. 
And I was like, oh my God, like, I'm just so excited. It was like, I just, just scream yes inside. It's like, you just made up a recipe and then you cleaned up. It's just, it's so rewarding. That is awesome. Um, so speaking of recipes, the flexible chef. So Neely, I can barely touch my toes. I love yoga. I just, it always makes me feel so good, but I am just not flexible. And this is coming from someone, I was a dancer in high school. So it, it just, it pains me sometimes that I can't just pop out a, you know, a split and do a bunch of high kicks. But being a flexible chef, I mean, do I need to start practicing backbends in the kitchen? What exactly does it mean to be a flexible chef? But first of all, just to address the yoga for a minute, just like anything, it's the habitual patterns and the way in which we move or live that create the result we want to achieve. So people always say, well, I'm not, I can't do yoga. I'm not flexible. It's like you get flexible by doing yoga, by the way. Uh, I wasn't flexible either and couldn't touch my toes. There's a method and you have to be consistent with the method in order to achieve the results later. So the, right, get on your mat every day, downward dog, lunge, this, that, that, all of a sudden, six months later, you can do the splits. Why? Because you've engaged in these diligent exercises and then you've arrived in this body that can do all these exciting high kicks with variation. And you can almost be like the chef of your yoga mat because you can come up with new ways to move, right? It's the same in the kitchen, right? The whole idea of the flexible chef is that we master and learn the basics. I don't, I don't know how to cook. I'm not a good cook, says somebody similar to I'm not a flexible yogi. Well, what do you do? You learn the basics. You practice the thing. You follow a recipe. Somebody else tells you how to do it. And you do that for six months. And then all of a sudden, you whip out a cheesy egg because you understood the rules. There's a pan. There's oil. It's hot. Oh, I wonder if I put cheese at the bottom and an egg on top, would that be delicious? Being a flexible chef means being empowered by being able to be creative, but somebody who understood the rules. I mean, think about what a chef is. Like, he went to cooking school. He, he did his work. And he's, like, whipping out these masterpieces. Uh, I love it. Okay, so this this sounds like something that is actually very appealing to me because one thing that has intimidated me in the past about uh, just being in the kitchen is what if I break a rule? What if I do something wrong? What if I try something and it doesn't work? But when you, it sounds like when you approach the kitchen with a flexible mindset, Making mistakes is almost a good thing. Sometimes the flops end up turning into your greatest ideas. And just like in life, much of the time we learn from our failures rather than our successes. It's how we grow. I would say that the way I've grown my cooking repertoire, so to speak, is like, oh, shoot, that didn't happen. You know, it's like I once, I can't even remember, like, I used to have so many examples. It's like, oh, now I know how to dehydrate breadcrumbs because I messed up the bread and I needed to make breadcrumbs. It's like, what do I do now? So yeah, I do think that you just, you also just have to be okay. Like we're such people pleasers. Like we want our families and husbands and diners to be like, you're amazing. You just whipped up this culinary creation and then you feel good about yourself. But like, what if you let go of that and you just be like, well, I guess that wasn't a very successful meal. And you go, oh, like, let me learn how to make that 
that cauliflower curry without the mushy cauliflower next time. Let me, let me, how do I avoid mushy cauliflower in a curry? Ask Google. And then you're like, oh, I get it now. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, so it, it's just being constantly curious. Um, it sounds like the approach to being a flexible chef, it, that has the ability to extend way beyond the kitchen. So how do you take that philosophy of flexibility and apply it to other parts of your life? Basically in all ways, right? It's about, we talked about so much of this already. It's about having a plan and a schedule for your day, your business, your life, your marriage, mm -hmm. your relationships, and, and allowing, allowing there to be some flow, allowing there to be a little bit of give and take, allowing the mistakes to happen, allowing the space to be there. Um, you know, it's, it's almost like the flexibility is like the dose of sanity. It's mm -hmm. like the little dose of, it's the little exhale that we allow ourselves in, in every element of our lives to mm -hmm. be able to say, it doesn't have to be this perfect picture. It doesn't have to be the perfect recipe. It doesn't have to be the perfect yoga pose. It's, it's this concept of striving for excellence versus perfection. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I could we could talk about an example in almost every in almost every way. You know, one thing that I think is easy to misconstrue about the word flexible is that it means um, that no planning is involved. I think a lot exactly. of times someone hears flexible and they think, okay, that there really is no plan, so you can do anything. But what I'm hearing is that the true ability to be flexible comes from having a plan. Correct. The, the backbone of flexibility in life is organization. Take it, let's take it simply. Let's bring it back to the yoga mat because that's actually visceral. You can feel your body. Being flexible is not just about loosey-goosing your muscles, praying mm -hmm. for good luck, and like laying around, right? It actually requires diligence in using your muscles and working on technique and alignment. It's almost like you like squeeze the muscle and you work it and then you go into the stretch with that, with that energy. It's the same mm -hmm. exact thing in all other ways. So you have to have the plan before you can wing it. The, the definition of flexibility is how to bend without breaking. There needs mm. to be a structure in order to bend without breaking. Yeah. Otherwise you just, it's like a, it's like a pretzel stick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, too rigid. I read something recently that said when your systems become too fragile, they snap easier. They, they're, it, yeah, it's, it's much easier for them to break because they become overly rigid. So here's the thing. If someone is listening right now and they're thinking, okay, I want this. Like, I want this flexible feeling that starts with being prepared but I don't know how to get started with the structure and the organization because I've just been winging it for so long. How mm. can they rewrite that script and start um, taking that step to feeling planned and organized so they can be more free to flex? Yeah, I think it depends on, let's talk about a specific example. Give me an example of like, in your, in your experience, an area of someone's life where they would have a hard time starting in that regard? Yeah. So let's say that um, someone is, they're working full time, they have a family, 
and they are always feeling frazzled because Mm -hmm. they have work to-dos and family to-dos and not enough time for personal time. So -hmm. they're feeling um, pulled in in a million different directions and they just don't know how to get a handle on all of it. Where do, that is, where, do we, where do we start? That is a great example. Out of all the examples you could have started with, I love that. This is <laughs> awesome, right? So what I would say, and you know, it's funny, I, I've had particular examples of people that I've worked with in this capacity. And I would say a couple things. Sometimes tackling the biggest goal is just, it feels like it's so far out of reach that we don't know how to go there. I mean, we've all heard this before, this whole bite-sized baby steps, mm-hmm. ha- small habits. So I think like, you know, let's say you were looking for some me time in the chaos of the, of the frazzled case that you're just describing. Instead of saying like, I got to find two weeks to go on a solo spa vacation, which sounds like impossible. It requires, right. you know, childcare and menu plans, whatever. It's like, how about just look at my calendar today and say, do I have 30 minutes? <laughs> do I have 30 minutes to do whatever that is? Can I, you know, do I, do I, can I go get a massage this month or whatever it is, like little things if you're looking to, let's say, infuse self-care and then, and then it just becomes a habit. So taking care of yourself becomes something that you do. One of the things I, I used to tell people is like, I would schedule some of those things that weren't work-related into my calendar. So I'd like block off the hour and say, you know, I'm going for a walk from 12 to, you know, 1230 or whatever it is. And then it, and then it becomes a habit that you can, that doesn't, that isn't work. It's just something that you can lean on. It becomes a part of your day to day. So looking for opportunities to think about that life that you want to create, basically, like I want that me time. I, I have, you know, crazy work, crazy family. I know that to show up as my best self, I need that me time. Really thinking through, okay, what does that actually mean in your calendar? What does that mean in your day-to-day life? Okay, so realistically, it means going on a walk. Okay, so when can you do that walk? When can mm-hmm. you put that walk into your calendar? And then who can hold you accountable to actually following through with that walk? Because how easy is it to see a walk on your calendar for that first time and just blow past it and tell yourself that you'll either get to it later or that you don't deserve to go on that walk because you haven't gotten enough accomplished yet today? What's that book? Have you read that book? I'm trying to remember who um, who wrote it. I think it's called something like I Know How She Does It or I Don't Know How She Does It. I can't remember. Yeah, it's right? I Know she How has She Does It. It's- I know Laura how she does it. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. Laura Vanderkam. Right. So, and, and you feel free to get to, to, to I, I haven't read this in a while, but the one thing that I always take away from that is she does these, these um, like ex, not experiments, but like she does this like research with women, right? High powered women making mm-hmm. figures and whatever. And, and like typical women that you would think, oh my God, she doesn't have time for anything because she's the CEO, this and the, this, that. And it turns out that we have a lot more time than we think that all these women still do their nails and they still watch Netflix and they still like, they still like have a whole lot of downtime in the evening where they're not actually doing anything. And it's like, we, we busy ourselves so much that we actually have so much more time than we think we do. Yeah. 100%. Success doesn't have to mean running yourself ragged. Yeah. It doesn't. Well, Neely, 
It has been such a delight to chat with you today. Um, thank you so much for just coming and sharing from your heart today and giving us such amazing examples. I feel so inspired to look for more opportunities to not only bring flexibility to my kitchen, but just to take that flexibility mindset and bring it into other areas of my life. And I know that anyone else listening has to feel the same way. Um, how can we continue to stay in touch with you and to learn from you? Well, the, um, the feeling is mutual. Thank you. And thank you guys for the opportunity to have this chat. Um, you can go to my website, theflexiblechef.com. I've got a blog with life ideas about some of the things we talked about. I've got a whole recipe section. Um, you can watch um, this digital TV series where um, we go into people's homes and do a little bit of this reality stuff where we kind of uh, troubleshoot the frazzled mom that doesn't have any time for herself. And it's a little entertaining. So you can do that. Hopefully in about a week or so, my shop will be back online and I've got some really cool I don't usually share products because I'm not a salesperson, but it's finally time for me to share all the things I love with the world. So we're going to have a shop page where you can check some of that out. And in the meantime, you can come say hi on Instagram. I actually answer my own DMs. I believe in that very strongly. So you can come say hi on Instagram at Flexible Shell. And I think, uh, I think those are the best places to start. Awesome. Well, Neely, thank you so, so much for your time today. It's been such a treat to chat with you and I look forward to keeping in touch. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. And there you have it. Being flexible is something that we can get better at with practice. And being flexible doesn't mean we all have to be nonchalant and super chill all the time. I hope you're feeling inspired to look for ways to plan and have structure so you can bend without breaking when life calls for it. You can find links to the productivity tools that Neely mentioned, as well as links to stay in touch with her by visiting the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 160. All right, that's it for today, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.